0: Welcome back to Your List Sucks. Again, this is the worst thing ever. It's not like an automatic. But, welcome back. Um, This is Your List Sucks. This is going to be a very, very interesting list. Um, This is not going to be a normal me trash and rip people apart. This is more of kind of like taking three people from like different walks of life, um, directors, and uh, and hearing about their list. Um, This is the first time that all movies are separate. Um, no one has anything overlapping so it's kind of really an interesting list and I'm kind of uh, interested to pick the minds of each person on this list so if you're looking me to trash these guys it's probably not going to happen I think there's only a few ones that I can't stand but we'll get to that when we do Uh, first on the show uh, I kind of went to him first on this panel I kind of asked him to help me pick the panel because I think it's a uh an interesting concept and he i think he picked the right people kind of um so paul uh best directors you kind of also helped me sway this topic because i said best directors of all time and then paul is a uh, elitist and picked all dead people <laughs> sure so sure. we we wanted to do best ones still working so we went yeah. that route uh so how did you construct this list and are you excited to talk about this
1: yeah, well, long-time listener, first-time caller for Your List Sucks. I'm excited to be on. Um, but no, I, I ordered this. I definitely weighed it more heavily into how their recent work has been, I think, overall. Um, but I tried to get a bunch of different mixes of different types of, you know, filmmakers, different genres, and whatnot. So it should be interesting. And yeah, I kind of, like, um, submitted these two as possible other panelists just because I think we all have very different tastes, and I think it could, you know, develop itself into your interesting list.
0: Yeah, um, again, there won't be much uh, trash talk from my end because I'm an uncultured swine pretty much on this because there's a (laughs) lot of ones that I'm like, what the hell? But I'm going to go to somebody that I'll probably relate to more on this list than anybody, Uh, Timbercala. You're the everyman, the man that we needed on this panel because we're surrounded by some elitists. Um, Well, you have some good choices. I I wouldn't
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, (laughs) everybody thinks I'm all comic books and uh, gumdrops, but uh, I like some. These
0: other two lists,
2: I'm sure they're worse. I'm sure they're worse, but I do, I do like my elitist material from time to time. Um, But yeah, no, this was a fun list to pick out because I like movies. So, yeah, this was good to put Some together. Some would say you love movies. Some, Some would say. say that. Some would
0: say that. How, how did you go about kind of stretching your list? Um, this past
2: um, I actually – what I did was I just took all of my movies that I've ever given a five out of five to on Letterbox, which is like 100 or so movies, um, and kind of narrowed it down there and was like, okay, let's look at the directors that I've actually given films like – the best of the best two and then when i kind of gave narrowed those few down i started looking at just like combined works of like okay this director they might not have a bunch of five out of fives for me but they've got like 10 fours or threes and that's like really strong so i might have
0: thrown them on there that's fair that's right and nazario uh you've been on the you've been on the show before um how did you compile this list and are you excited to talk about it
3: I'm very excited, actually, and it was a hard process. Honestly, um, I was I had many different conflicting ideas how to go about it, but in the end, I just put every director I like in a pot and then started taking out the ones that ha- I have made movies that I consider not entirely successful. So I, I, I end up never taking back movie from them. One that actually. It's more iffy, and, but he, he made it. He was good enough overall. And also the way I decided to pick the movies is a, was a little different because since some of these directors are known, some are not, I uh, wanted to pick a movie that I feel that is uh, overall an excellent film and it represents what they usually bring to the table, but it's pro- maybe not as well-known as some of their other work, so people can look for them and maybe get more interested in about it.
0: Awesome. Again, this is going to be a very interesting list. People have great choices. Uh, So basically, we're going to break it down by three kind of segments. It's going to be your 10, 9, 8 in a short condensed chunk. Why they made your list. They barely made your list. They were just at the, you know, they were at that bottom tier. Then we'll go one at a time through seven through four. And then we'll trade one apiece. When we get to the top, we will two, 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 and 1-1-1. At the end, we'll talk about our honorable mentions, what missed out on the people's list. Again, how the show works is these three come with a private list. No one knows what's on each other's list. And I do not compile a list myself, so the combined list is based on all three of these guys' choices. So we're going to start with this Paul. Paul, give us your 10, 9, and 8, and explain to us why you picked these movies and why these directors made your list.
1: All right, yeah, so uh, starting with my number 10, uh, a choice that was actually in my original list before when we were back when we were doing the all-time list, and that's uh, Werner Herzog. Uh, the movie is called Grizzly Man, and it's a 2006 documentary. I'll sort of get more into that in a little bit. So Werner Herzog, Grizzly Man Does is the first one. Do
0: you have that one?
1: No. Werner okay. Herzog? No, no, no. Got it, got it. Got it. Uncultured again. Uh, my number nine is going to be uh, David Fincher, uh, and the film is Zodiac. Does
0: anybody uh, else have Fincher?
1: I think Tim, uh, Tim is, is muted, so... Uh, is saying,
0: yes, I have it higher, yes. That's considered
1: a okay. yikes, so we will talk about that Yikes! Later. And then uh, my number eight, I promise that neither of these guys will have it. Uh, the director's n- name is Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, the film is called Afterlife uh, from 1998. Uh, he also Joke's not it on you, it's on my... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of start getting into it now with my ten and eight. Um, so with ten, Werner Herzog, um, I picked someone who I think works in both documentary and fiction. And I think that's documentary is kind of an overlooked um, segment of directing, but I think that it's very important. And he's got a very distinct style, both um, sort of visually, but also the way he tells his narratives. Um, He's got great movies ranging all the way back to the 70s, and he's still making great films today. But Grizzly Man is a super fascinating, it's kind of a documentary within a documentary. It's a film about this guy who is obsessed with living with bears in the wilderness, and he sort of films himself doing it. And it's sort of about his kind of insanity and how his life sort of changes very much when he goes and lives with them so i'd highly recommend um, checking out grizzly man Um, very interesting documentary and then my number eight pick uh who directed shoplifters last year the oscar-nominated foreign film um this film afterlife is one of my favorite films of all time it's a japanese drama where basically when people die they um, have films made about a moment in their lives and the film follows the people who make these like short, short films that these people have to live on for eternity. Um, it's a great concept and he just great, brings great humanity, I think, to all of his movies. And I think this is his most essentially human because I think the moment people pick says so much about who they are as people. So I think I just love the way he represents humanity and the way he, yeah, his filmmaking is just very touching and yeah, it's an incredible filmmaker.
0: Yeah, can't um, consider this sucks on your list because I haven't seen either one. Um, but uh, I did look them up. Um, I think Afterlife is a very, very interesting concept after watching the trailer. Um, I, I didn't hear about it until this list, so that's kind of why I like this uh, list already. It's getting me movies that I probably wouldn't have sought out and been able to see. So we're going to go to Tim. Tim, give us your 10, 9, 8.
2: Yeah, uh, quick, I saw Shoplifters. Shoplifters was great, so I'm going to watch that other movie now. So thanks, Paul. It's very Uh, hard to
1: find. Very hard to find, by the way.
2: uh, I will try. My my darndest. All right, so my number uh, 10 is probably on nobody's list because he's only made like eight movies and only like three of them are good. But I picked up Peter Jackson with The Return of the King. I know. No, nobody. Okay. Okay. Uh, My number nine. What was the
1: movie, by the way?
2: Uh, Return of the King. Okay, got it. And I'll say why in a second. Uh my number nine is Nolan. Nolan.
1: That's a Yikes.
2: Well, that's a okay. Uh and then my number eight is Ridley oh, Scott.
3: Wait, wait, what movie was from Nolan?
2: Oh I'm sorry, Batman Begins. Batman
3: Begins. Yeah, I mean either way if you have the director, so you know. Yeah, if you that.
1: have and Nolan you said, it's a
0: scroll Yeah.
2: Yep. And then uh number eight is Ridley Scott.
0: What right? movie? Uh Alien. Okay. Okay. Nobody? So, okay. No other. So two of them you get to talk about.
2: Yeah, okay. so my number 10, the reason I put Peter Jackson on there is because I think, like, the – just, like, the impact that trilogy had on me, um, that's kind of, like – it wasn't, like, the moment I realized, like, oh, like, film can be this, like, amazing thing, but it was the movies that kind of made me realize, like – like, an epic scale, more of just, like, what I could see at home on TV, like, going to see Lord of the Rings in the theater with my dad, like, all three of them was just something that was, like, really special, and so, like, and I don't think anybody else could have done it the way that he did because of his knowledge of the books and the source material and everything, so, uh, yeah, the Hobbit movies aren't great. Um, Lovely Bones is actually pretty good, Um, but, king kong is pretty mad too so he doesn't have a great track record outside of the lord of the rings but i think that those three movies alone uh, say enough about him uh fellowship is actually my favorite of the three but i think you know he won best director for return of the king it's probably the most masterful out of the three it's the hardest one to juggle so uh, that's why i put that one um and then number eight i put ridley scott um because he hasn't made a ton of great movies recently save for like the Martian but like back in the day he was like pumping out like hit after hit and between Alien and Blade Runner alone like which are two of like my favorite sci-fi movies of all time I think he is just a master master filmmaker and the fact that he's like 84 years old or something like that. And he's still pumping out movie after movie. And just like, you can still tell he just loves the craft and loves the loves movies. Like it, it's just admiring and alien itself is just like, it is the best sci-fi horror it's got everything rolled into one movie and it's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love it. Blade Runner is probably the movie I like more, but I think Alien is the more rewatchable movie and it's the more digestible movie and it's more fun and I can like pop an alien whenever I got to be in a mood for Blade Runner. So that's why I picked Alien. Fair
0: enough. Um, yeah. So I think Peter Jackson was a interesting call. because I, 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 I am a, I'm more of a defender of Hobbit than most people. Um, but Battle of the Five Armies, after a rewatch recently, made me really just hate my life. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, Mortal Engines doesn't help him at all. Um, but at the end of the day. Well, he didn't direct. He didn't direct. He didn't direct. Uh, he no? he, he produced it. My bad. That's yeah. my bad. Okay. Sorry, they used him on all the marketing. Uh, yes, thing. they did. Yeah. Good thing <laughs> he stepped away from that. Um, but still, uh, to have your name attached to that doesn't help you. Uh, but. I think, yeah, I think Return of the King is a good one. I don't think... I I like Two Towers and Fellowship better than that one, but I get the best director. Um, and then Alien, yeah. Uh, that's a... I mean, again, we kind of switched the topic late in the game, after the list was kind of decided of that's worth today. No, that's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. I think, I think we shortened the field uh, to make it more of a condensed list. Uh, but... I think Aliens a correct choice. I think his. uh, I mean, you didn't pick something like. uh,
2: The
1: counselor. Yeah. Exodus. Counselor, very underrated. For the record. It's fine, but it's
0: not that. It's not good. Um, Good year. Even the Martian. I think that would have been like Alien is one of those movies that I like. I actually like Aliens more than Alien. I like Alien more than Aliens.
1: Okay, I was Um, gonna say. Don't be um, that guy.
0: Which is, like, because it, it changes what it is and turns into, like, the super, like, over-the-top action thing where Alien was just a horror movie. Um, so, yeah, I like the choices on that one. I don't uh, – Peter Jackson probably would have missed, but we'll talk about that later. Nazario, what's your turn? 10-9-8? Uh,
3: okay. Uh, for my number 10 – I picked a Spanish director that actually hit his stride in the 80s and 90s, a little bit on the early 2000s, but it's kind of forgotten by now. It's Pedro Almodóvar. He actually hit his stride around uh, 2004 and five, where Spain decided to stop uh, nominating his movies for best Oscar because every country only gets to nominate one because they thought he was famous enough. Uh, and uh, the movie I picked from him is The Skin I Live In. Um, the Skin I Live In from 2011.
0: I was just asking if anybody else had it. I've seen
3: it, but I'm lost. Okay, um, for my number nine, I picked Darren Aronofsky. and It's just a kind of a director that hit me on my strike when I was a uh, teenager. Well, late teenager, like 18, 19. And I actually started uh, enjoying a lot of what he was bringing to the table. And the movie I picked is Wrecking for a Dream. And for my number eight... I picked a director that actually has been wood solid from the beginning, a Mexican director, Alejandro González Iñarritu. He actually hit his stride in Hollywood late, but um, I'm picking one of his earlier work, from his Death trilogy, I'm picking the middle one, 21 Grams.
0: Okay. So I don't think anybody else has those directors, so you get to go 1098. Give us why.
3: Uh, Almodóvar is a person that was always very interested in identity Sexual identity physical identity and he deals with this in most of his movies and the reason I pick the skin I live in is because it's a it's a very quirky weird revenge driven movie That kind of went on the, the radar because it was kind of insane But at the same time very brilliant and it's the first time I think he actually got the The ideas of sexual identity and physical identity and mixed them together and created this crazy little revenge tale with Antonio Banderas which it's overlooked and I think it should be watched by people. Uh, I pick Wrecking for a Dream as Aronofsky's movie, because even though I saw Pi first, this one hit me like a truck. I was about 19 years old when I first saw it. And it's a movie that shows the reality of addiction in its many different phases and different types of addiction. And the way the movie shot, the proof that Aronofsky was a visual stylist that could actually bring a lot to the table. And It was so real and so raw that actually scared me from trying drugs when I was uh, in my 20s. So that's always a good thing. And Iñárritu, he came to fame with his first movie, Amores Perros, which is a Mexican film that actually deals with the same ideas in the whole Dead trilogy he made, that is 21 Grams and Babel, about people being joined by one moment in time during their lives. And he plays a lot with time management, like sometimes he shows the movies out of order, sometimes he shows one uh, person, follows them for a while, then cuts and follows another person from the moment they meet. And 21 Grams is a movie that showcases a lot of acting talent from Naomi Watt and Sean Penn and Benicio del Toro uh, about people meeting in a a car crash, where their lives are joined in in a small moment. And it's completely out of order. They show the the ending first, the middle part uh, at last, and the beginning in the middle. It's a little crazy, and I guess a little confusing if you don't expect, you don't know what to expect, but I think it's a movie worth looking for and watching.
0: Yeah, uh, interesting choices. Um, uh, a Requiem, as somebody that had to watch it for a debate, um, it's a very, <laughs> a very uh, in-your-face real movie. Uh, I uh, never had the urge to try drugs, and that movie did not help with that at all. Um, Twenty One Grams has actually been, like, in one of my watches for a while. i um, surprised you didn't pick The Revenant, because I think that's his. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, like, that's a really good choice. Uh, again, these are some of the directors that kind of flew under the radar for me. Like, uh, uh, again, I've only seen some of his work recently, you know, with Birdman and stuff like that. So I think that's a really good choice. Um so what we're going to do, I'm going to actually shout out some people in chat real quick because we have some people watching along. Um, by the way, Maggie Bercala, I think Tim will know her, says Blade Runner sucks. So that may divide a house. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah she, she's not a fan. Oh, uh, good said something about uh, Which one is better, HDX or UHD to Tim? But I uh, think UHD. UHD I, is better. Okay, so either way. Um, and Jonathan Peck's there is putting his list so far. He has uh, Adam McKay with Talladega Knights as 10. Oh, my so God. So I'm going to just stop. <laughs> has, he see, has he
1: seen Vice? Uh, Have you seen Vice? Not sure you can put Adam I, McKay. I'm
0: going to move past that point because I don't think it's... um Except Vice is bad, but that's fine. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to go to seven. We're going to go to seven, and that is Paul. So, Paul, start with your seven and move all the way to four. One of the three. This
1: was a yikes from earlier it might be another yikes honestly it's uh chris nolan and the movie is uh, dunkirk and do you have it yeah. on your list I haven't, higher i have it higher okay um so my number six is uh richard linklater and the film is everybody wants some
2: anybody good choice. no no good choice, okay
1: so this is my favorite Linklater movie um actually the first time i saw it i watched it six times in one week um and i think for me it's Probably the movie that i want to be in the most um i think it's got the most fun world and the characters are all um real but sort of like heightened in a way also um and i think it's like what link later is best at and that's sort of having this more fun version of reality but having it still feel really authentic um, there are little touches in all of these movies that i think make it feel more natural than other movies like you have characters that are singing the wrong lyrics to a song that's on the radio or just like little small touches like that and the way his characters talk just feel more like real people than I think a lot of other movies. Um, and obviously the before trilogy is amazing and Days of Confused was almost my pick here, but everybody wants him. I think, captures sort of the, that period in your life where like possibilities are just endless um, and you're allowed to kind of be whatever you want to be. And I mean, it's got an incredible soundtrack. I think that the cast is amazing. Um, they all fit their roles perfectly. And yeah, it's like, it's a great hang of a movie, which is kind of the way that I describe a lot of Linklater movies. Um, I think he's made a lot of honestly great work in recent years that hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Um, I love me and Orson Welles and like a scanner darkly and stuff like that. I think it's really interesting. Um, I don't know. He's, got, he's kind of on the fringes of not really the mainstream, but sort of popular independent film. And I think he does great, amazing and super original work. So that's why Later is my number six.
0: Um, I, I love this choice. Um, yeah. I, I saw this not like on purpose at all. I was at a friend's house and we were just watching, they picked the movie and I watched it. And I think I was the only one to like, really like pay attention kind of, because when you're with a group of friends, but I was like, it was, it took me by surprise. Um, I didn't expect much out of it when I started it. Um, but then I ended up falling in love. I a hundred percent agree with you. His films make it, it seemed like they're real people instead of like actors. So I think this was a really good choice. Um, uh, we're going to do something a little different when we get to Pulse 4 after that. We're going to talk to you guys um, about why some of these directors missed some stuff instead of each time. So uh, can you go to your next one?
1: Yeah, um, my number five is um, – this is uh, Steve McQueen, not the actor, but the director. Uh, the film is Shame. Uh, nobody – yeah. Um, so great Steve McQueen, I think, is, is a director who I think has made three truly great movies and one really good movie. Um widows i liked but i think was just a little step down from his other work and i think shame is sort of his masterpiece um i think Mac- michael fassbender in this movie is my favorite performance of the 2010s um, of any movie any actor male female i think the way that he portrays this man who has again it's about a sex addict um, and how that's the singular kind of focus of his life and he can't um, focus on anything else and how that is consuming him and kind of shrinking his world from the outside in Um, is incredible. Carrie Mulligan is awesome as his sister. But I think more than anything, it's about this central character and showing how this obsession sort of takes over the rest of his life. Um, And I think that's something Steve McQueen is really great at, is making one person's singular focus kind of dwarf the rest of their life, Um, which is, I think, a theme also in Hunger, which is his first film in 2008, with was also Fassbender. Um, But yeah, I think more than anything, shame just goes deep into a person's psyche and um, understands kind of what makes them tick and um, why some people are kind of not um, they're kind of on the outskirts of society, so I think shame is incredible. yeah,
0: yeah. awesome. Uh, I am not yet to see this. Uh, this is one of those community that I've heard so much about. just have never gotten around to seeing it yet. Um, I watch the trailer again for it, and every time I see the trailer, I want to watch it more. Um, I think it's a very interesting movie um, by how it looks on the outskirts. Um, go to your next one.
1: And my number four is, um, actually the director hasn't made a movie in six years, um, but has a movie coming out soon. Um, it's probably, um, as far as like personal favorites, might be higher than this even for me, um, but my number four is Hayao Miyazaki. Um, the f- movie I'm mm-hmm. talking about is Nausicaä of the Valley of the Wind, which is the second film from 1984. Um, Nausicaä is probably my favorite movie protagonist. I think she's got such a pure sense of honor, um, and is such just a a soul that is so wholesome and caring so much for other people and not so much about herself um i think his visual storytelling is kind of second to none um in the world of animation and just in general um the worlds that he creates obviously it's not just him him and his animators but the worlds that he is creating sort of um since the late 70s um always just takes me to a different place And i think it's a movie that i could watch Um, no matter what kind of mood i'm in it always puts me in a better mood and he's got this this love for the planet and for earth, I think that um, is very different from a lot of filmmakers. And that's why it's a, a big theme in a lot of these movies, but Nausicaa is such a magical journey and has such a powerful character at the center of it that um, I just think it's an incredible fantasy story. And it's kind of like, for me, like shows what fantasy storytelling could do, take you to this other place um, and have the other place represent something sort of unique and totally of its own. And also Shia LaBeouf is a voice of the movie. So that's the thing.
0: I am definitely
3: an uncultured swine when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. I have already mentioned I'm it numerous times. Right. I like got something here because I, I'm pretty sad. Yeah, I actually, I actually took this out, this guy out of my list on a technicality. Just wanted to mention that because since he technically said he was retired, I'm well, retired. i' like, retired. Yeah, he has a movie, movie coming director. in
1: 2020,
3: 2021. So. God damn it! I had Princess Mononoke on my list and I took it out because he retired. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> so yeah,
0: so yeah, I am very uncultured with this. I, I, they, it, it's not they don't clip. Um, I've, I've tried. I feel bad. It's just not my. Condition. You don't have to feel bad uh, if
1: it's not for you. It's not for you. But it's it's just, just not someone. for
0: me. Uh, but I understand because I, I have some coworkers that are huge on him, and I'm just, it's just not for me. But I, I, I can't deny uh, his brilliance because again, there's some stuff that just. Doesn't click with everybody, like you said. So we're going to go back to Nazario and Tim right now. Just with, um, I think there was only one yikes because that was Nolan. Uh, yep. So uh, uh, Link Letter, uh, McQueen's, uh, Miyazaki. Uh, you guys didn't have these guys. Why weren't they on your list? Did they not click with you? Just something, just a little blurb from both of you guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've only seen Spirited Away. That's the only Studio Ghibli film I've ever. Famous seen.
1: line, famous line, famous. And, that is the most
2: famous line ever. It, <laughs> and it's very much like uh, Cody said, where like I wanted to check it out, and it was something that I enjoyed, but I didn't. It didn't grab me as much as I thought it was going to. So I'm not against delving deeper into those movies. I just haven't yet. Um, Linklater, I really like. I never thought of him as someone I would put on the list. I kind of, you know, like, I saw School of Rock when it came out, and I love that movie. Boyhood, I saw in the theater, thought it was good, and then I got the Criterion Blu-ray, watched it again, and thought it was fine. I haven't really stuck to that movie. So a lot of his movies, um, I've just kind of thought are good, and none have really, even Dazed and Confused, like, I think is fine. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really liked his most, I think it's his most recent movie was, what was it? Flying, right? Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. So it's like not, there's not a single movie of his I've seen that I don't like. There's just none that I love very like a lot. So, okay. And then or, what was the other
1: one? The Queen, Stephen.
2: Stephen. Yeah. And I've, I, I, um, I've seen shame. Shame is fantastic. I've never seen hunger. 12 years of slave is great. And I actually hated widows. So um, I'm definitely in the minority there, but um, the other two films that of his that I have seen are, really brilliant, so um, he's great, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and uh, Nazario, since you uh, didn't put somebody on your list, because you just don't know good talent, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what do you think about these characters?
3: Link Ladder is in my honorable mentions. The man has tried a bunch of different genres, and he has been excellent in everything he has tried. He actually made a real memorable Jack Black movie. Um, He's very experimental. He likes to try different things to do, like filming a a movie over 12 years or doing a trilogy about people falling in love and breaking up. And I I actually had him in my honorable mentions with the movie Bernie, which I actually think is uh, really, really. It's favorite. favorite. Oh. It's it's a a hidden gem for me. Uh, Miyazaki, like I said, I mean, I spent two hours deciding between Princess Mononoke and Totoro, and then I took him out on a technicality, and now I feel like a moron. And uh, Steve McQueen, it's a good director. I understand why people would enjoy his movies more, but he hasn't connected with me the way more people have, with most people have. I do like Shame. I think it's his best movie yet. Something about 12 Years of Slave didn't really grab me. I saw the movie once, and I don't understand the appeal it got and won the best picture for it. And Wiggles it's fine. It is definitely a step down from his other work, but it's not bad. It's an entertaining enough film.
0: Uh, Koho has joined the chat more with some of his choices. Oh boy. Uh, it's, it's not getting it is, much it better. He has Damien
1: Chazelle written 10 times. It's, fine.
0: it's just not getting much better. Um, and, uh, Jonathan, please stop. Uh, it's not getting better from your end either. Um, but, uh, if I put you on this list, your list would definitely suck. Um, but. So Koho
1: said Shame Black, by the way. Not Shame. Yeah, shame, shame Black. Shame
0: Black. Um, surprised you didn't put Iron Man 3. Uh, so we're going to go to, um, we're going to go to Tim next, so you're seven through four. Yes,
2: my number seven <laughs> is, I'm not sure if you guys are going to, Wes Anderson. I have that.
0: So you have a it higher? higher? It's a little higher, so we'll
2: wait. Okay, uh, so my number six oh, is called Thomas doing? Anderson.
3: That is uh, a yikes for me. Wait, what? PTA. Oh, that's insane, man. Yikes. All right, well. We are the movies. We are the movies. You haven't seen the movies.
2: All right. So my number for Wes Anderson, I picked Rushmore, and for Paul Thomas Anderson, I picked Magnolia. Okay. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting judged. All right. Number uh, five know, is uh, for a
0: different reason, but we'll talk about that later, guys. Okay. Uh, right. no, my
2: my number five is uh, Steven Spielberg. Not on either one of their lists. That okay, and that's fine. Um, I think I. So I should talk about it now, or I should say my
0: four. you should talk about it now and then.
2: Okay, so uh, for my Steven Spielberg, I picked Catch Me If You Can. Um, I think that Catch Me If You Can is my it is my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. If I look through his movies and I look at like, um, I mean he's Steven Spielberg. I don't know what I can really say about him that hasn't been said. He like. Nazario just said about Linklater. He's tried a lot of different genres and most, if not all have paid off for him. And he's not like my favorite director ever, but the reason I have him up so high on my list is because I think that like most every time I see a movie of his, I walk out getting something out of it. Um, there's a rare few actually more recently that I haven't enjoyed like the post or bridge of spies. (laughs) Um, I actually kind of like Ready Player One, but I picked Catch Me If You Can because I think that it is—it's everything about what he does well. Um, it's got the drama and the great performances. It's got great comedy, but it also has like a summer blockbuster feel to it, even though it is like a smaller movie. It's got like wide scope, and Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio going off of each other is absolutely fantastic. I just love that movie. I could watch that movie over and over again. It's really really fun. Um, and I like it more than, you know, Jaws or Jurassic Park, even though those are probably the better movies. I just think Catch Me If You Can is
1: probably.
0: So I actually like this choice a little bit more than most because it's not just another typical person that comes on and puts Jaws as the choice, which is fine. I think Jaws, I think Jaws is his best movie. I really do. Um, but it's kind of an interesting choice to have somebody on there that leans to a different side. Um, I love Catch Me If You Can. I really do. It's one of my favorites. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think Jaws. I think Jaws, I think everybody knows that Jaws is the best, the better movie of his. But um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think the back and forth between Tom Hanks and Leo is amazing in this movie. Um, yeah. Again, this is best working today, so people would say, "Because eh, his last, his recent ones have not been great." But I think his filmography still holds up from what he's done in the past and brought so many to life. So, yeah, uh, we'll go to your next one.
2: Uh, so my number four is David Fincher, which it's I believe right Paul Fincher
1: had earlier. I did, yeah. already. Um, do, ha- do you not have David Fincher on here? Yeah, list? he just David uh, Fincher. Okay. <laughs> <made it> out. <laughs> so
0: this is the first time we're going to have an overlap here. So, Tim, what is your choice for uh, Fincher?
2: Uh, yeah, Paul said his was Zodiac. I said Zodiac. It's that was that was my close number two. Um, I pick social network. Um, it that really, was my
1: close number two. So, it
2: really yeah. is a toss up. Uh, it, you catch me on a day and I say that Zodiac's my favorite. You catch me on another <clears throat> day and uh, social network's my favorite. The funny thing for me is that Zodiac I've only ever seen twice, um, and it has stuck with me. Um, Endlessly. I saw it when it came out in 07, I believe. And then I saw it again when it came, uh, when I bought it on Blu-ray about maybe like five years later. And that's it. Um, whereas social network, I've seen many, many times, um, but they're both excellent movies. And I think Fincher is kind of the master at uh, building tension and creating um, even in moments of like the social network where it's not like uh like a thriller or anything he builds tensions so you are like invested and interested in a movie about facebook um and then with zodiac obviously he builds tension like nobody else it's it's incredible
0: uh, i'm gonna let paul before i talk um talk about uh zodiac for you go ahead
1: yeah so it's actually it's funny in my like top 100 movies of all time zodiac and social network are literally right next to each other so it was definitely like a toss-up for me i've actually seen zodiac more which probably makes me sound like a sociopath, but we're going to just go ahead and move past that. Um, the only reason Whoa. he was lower on my list partly is because he hasn't made a movie in five years, and it kind of was tough for me to, to handle. But also, I'm really, like, mixed on, like, his early work. Um, as a lot of people probably know, I really, really do not like Fight Club. Um, yeah, I'm not agreed. crazy about the game. Alien 3 is fine. Um, I actually don't think it's as disastrous as people say, but it's not great um and yeah i panic room is pretty good but i I don't like benjamin button really at all so his career is really mixed for me it's just zodiac i think is like maybe the best american crime film of like the last 25 to 30 years um i think the way it kind of devolves into like the mania of these three different men and it shows how the three different men manifested is so incredible to me the way that ruffalo kind of like disappears from the movie um and how he kind of just loses interest in the case and wants to leave it behind is so fascinating. And then obviously you see Robert Downey Jr.'s character um, completely kind of dissolve himself. But this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Social Network is incredible. Um, It's probably the more flawless film, but I think Zodiac kind of reaches higher and is more ambitious in a lot of ways. And I think that it delivers on that is is incredible. And I don't know, I find it oddly rewatchable for a movie that's so dark and um, has some pretty horrifying imagery and ideas.
2: But I just think it's incredible. And all praise Jake Gyllenhaal. All praise
1: even though i think he's actually probably the third best performance in the movie like when yeah, i, I of-
2: wouldn't disagree with you yeah yeah
1: um
0: so yeah basically what i was talking to somebody about fincher i said well there's two choices let's see the social network or zodiac and i'm okay with either <laughs> i think choice. gone girl is a
1: respectable choice too. i, love, I that, love, love that movie, that movie. Love but that it's, movie. it's 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 like a little like in the second tier for me as, as yeah fincher.
0: probably today i lean towards social network a little bit more than zodiac i will still uh, i still love the like the dialogue and the tension throughout that movie, especially when Andrew Garfield smashes the computer and says, "You hear me <laughs> now, asshole? I'm not coming back for my. For, I'm coming back for everything." Uh, I think is one of my favorite like. Just lines like, in that fuck movie. fuck you, flip-flops,
1: I believe he said. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> fucking, yeah Sean Parker just said he made I just, uh, The guy
1: who makes a nice chair doesn't owe money to everyone who's ever made a chair. He, he was nice.
2: robbed of an Oscar nomination in that movie. Uh, like, we'll also so- win,
1: but we don't have to talk about
0: that. Yeah. That's so when, uh, That's
2: yeah, I Sure.
0: <laughs> so when uh, Zodiac was one that um, I didn't see when it first came out, um, I saw it later. Uh, Not many, many was-
1: did. Not many yeah, people did, did exactly not have of money.
0: um but somebody asked me they're like, have you ever seen Zodiac I was like no I said i i I'm kind of a true crime kind of buff like I find him I find it fascinating um so when I got when I saw this, I was just like, this movie is insane like i have seen it I've seen it like probably four or five times, which is uh <laughs> in the recent time that I've seen it a little creepy, but I think it's just acted perfectly, I think the tension I think the story. Overall, I think the, the fascinating like behind it, and they do it so well in the movie. So I think Fincher's a good choice. Um, we'll talk to Nazario at the end of this, which actually we can right now. Why no Fincher? And <clears throat> we had kind of yikes throughout it. Uh, why not Fincher or Spielberg for both of you guys, Paul and um, Nazario?
1: Uh, I guess I'll go first. Of course, Tim has the movie, the Spielberg movie, where a character calls himself Barry Allen. uh, And that's as predictable as can get, I guess, in some ways. But um, (sighs) no, I think Spielberg, for me, has one made one great movie in the last like 16 years. Um, So that's really tough for me. I think Lincoln is actually a really great movie. But I think aside from that, his recent work, especially the BFG and Ready Player One, are like some of his worst work he's ever done for me. Really besides Lincoln, the last great thing, I actually love Minority Report. Um oh, yes. I think that's a great movie. I would have probably had Empire of the Sun on my list if I was using Spielberg. But I think his later work just really hurts. It's just making so many movies is tough because then your chances of failure are just so high just because it's so hard to make a good movie. Um and then the rest of his who what are the other I think I had the rest of the people on, on his list. Yeah. Uh well Wes Anderson. He
0: did
1: not. Oh uh, yeah, Wes Anderson is pretty hit or miss. I actually hate Rushmore. Um, I just, the the main character, when the main character for me is so unlikable, it's hard for me to get invested. And it's not a poorly made movie. Are you my just, wife?
2: Who is that? It's so,
1: <laughs> it's so frustrating. I can't, Max, Max is just so unlikable. I just can't, I can't get invested in his journey or his trying to romance with Rosemary. I just don't, I just don't really care about him. Um, also, just to mention kind of one thing from earlier, Peter Jackson, Heavenly Creatures is, a, is an awesome movie. And if you guys haven't seen it, that's probably my yes. favorite Peter Jackson movie. But um yeah, I and mean, for me, just Wes Anderson is pretty here or miss. Um, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox and Life Aquatic, but outside of that, everything's pretty. And I also haven't seen Grand Budapest, so you know, maybe that we'll would change my actually, mind.
0: We'll talk about actually. We talk. We'll talk about Rushmore and that in a second because I forgot Nazario was a yikes on that one. So. Um, <laughs> go ahead, uh,
3: why yeah, I got. French? I have. And I haven't said about Spielberg and Fincher, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg, yeah, basically the same thing that Paul said. Um, his later work kind of diminishes his overall work. Uh, he has really, really high highs. And if we had made this list around 10 years ago, he probably would be in my top 10. I know Mike is going to get pissed at me saying this, but, I mean, come on, man. Ready Player One, the BFG, uh, that, that's a pretty big yikes. And actually, I was kind of bored by Bridge of Spice and I haven't been able to finish the post because I keep falling asleep. Actually, so, I still like
2: the post, but it's just, it's not great. It's not great. No, I'm with you on that
3: one. That's good and uh david fincher is sitting right there in my number 12 in the letterbox list that i made with zodiac by the way which is the the right pick uh because i mean like i said uh, up to my fourteen, fifteen, anybody could have made this list because i just kept changing it until i ran out of time so oh. it is what it is fincher is great
1: uh also some of the lists in the chat uh I saw Peter Farrelly Green Book, and I just clicked off because I was like, this is not happening. Well, not that's, that
0: is really what I was just about to say. Um, I saw that, and then I saw Paul Thomas Anderson, Adam McKay with Talladega Nights again, um, and the Russo brothers at two for Avengers Endgame. Uh, that's just, again, I think I made the correct choice with the panel I have and not the people in the chat. So, uh, Nazario, you're 7-4. Let's have it.
3: Okay, my number seven is the director who actually made the best movie last year and didn't win the award for it is Alfonso Cuaron and the movie I picked is not last year's Roma, it's actually Y tu Mamá También, which okay, is yeah. a coming of age story uh, with Gabriel García Bernal and Diego Luna that is actually, is similarly to Roma and that is like a love letter to Mexico and it's basically a coming of age uh, story with backdrops of Mexican politics Uh in rural Mexico areas which is actually at the same time very interesting to, to watch uh, because of the politics in the background and engaging in every level with the, the story that develops between these two friends and uh, the woman they're trying to hook up with which sounds pretty silly when you see it like that but uh, it develops into an actual solid relationship about discoveries about growing up about sexuality and what it means to be truly friends it's it's an amazing film it doesn't have any an English title. It's called it Mama También." So if you can, I think actually it's uh, somebody posted it on YouTube the whole movie, and nobody took it off. So you can probably find it there. Yeah. Uh, um, my number
0: six pick. Haven't seen. Oh that wait, one. I
3: You're think system. Cody. Yeah. Cody.
0: yeah Cody, haven't yeah. seen that one, so I'm not gonna touch that at all. Um, probably not even gonna try to pronounce that. So um <laughs> we're gonna go to your next one because I don't want to be disrespectful.
3: My next one is uh, actually a director that I originally had way higher, and then I realized that he only basically has made four films in a a span of almost 20 years, and I don't know if he's actually interested in making any more films, so actually I bumped him a little down because of that, but it is uh, Spike Jones, and the movie I picked uh, is the one that most people would say is his lesser movie, but I fucking love it. it, is where the wild things are because wow. i think i think it's a beautiful children's movie that is not afraid to be a little savage a little wild a little scary and the best movies for children are always like that this is based on a book that has like 20 lines it's basically like a little poetry book uh, with a lot of illusion uh, uh, just
1: a lot of pop-ups and stuff yeah
3: yeah and it's it's basically he he makes a 90 a 90 minute movie out of it that is engaging, scary, thrilling, funny, and shows off some very good special effects for its time. And actually gets a lot of good performances through the CGI of the characters. And this little boy, Max, that is just amazing. I I really recommend it for people with small children because it actually makes them relate. Because little children feel misunderstood most of the time, like if they were monsters, and they relate to monsters in this movie that way. It's really good. Uh, My number five... Oh, You're give ruining. Up, sorry. This, you're ru- ruining <laughs> give this, it, give sorry. Cody some
1: time between Jeez. each. <laughs> um,
3: okay.
0: Not man. a fan of this movie. Not a fan of this movie. Um, um, I was a, I mean, as much as any kid is a fan of this book when you're little because it's like read to you and like you're given to it. Uh, I just was not a fan of the movie as much. Um, I think it's an interesting choice. Um, I will we'll get Paul and Tim's reaction after uh, this, but I'll let you move on because this is your next combined.
3: Um, so go ahead. Yeah, I think this director was mentioned by Tim. Uh, is Wes Anderson is my number five. Okay. And the movie I picked is actually one of the ones that actually apparently Paul like because it's my favorite film from him. It's The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. which is basically it's basically a love letter to Bill Murray, and accompanied with great imagery about the story of a guy who just wants to find the shark who ate his friend. And he wants to go and find him and kill him. And the movie is is lovely. It's like like every Wes Anderson film feels a little bit like a fable with a lot of bright colors and a lot of uh, whimsy is what I would say. And it adds up to the fact that it has beautiful music, uh, especially by Sha uh, Ch- Ch- George, I think is his name, Cia Ch- Jorge, that sings uh, David the Brazilian Bowie. Brazilian
1: guy, the Brazilian guy who sings uh, David Bowie, yeah.
3: That sings about David Bowie in Portuguese. And the, it has one of the most beautiful moments in, that I have experienced in cinema. And I actually cried a little bit about it when I saw it uh, because I was taken by the moment, which is when he, he, uh, Bill Murray is in the, in the submarine with all the people from the movie and he finally gets the shark. And you can hear the soundtrack by Sigur Rós playing in the background. He says, I, I wonder if he remembers me. It, it just gets me. I think is it's probably was Anderson's most touching work because it, obviously he was made for one actor and the actor made it work. Um,
0: Uh, go ahead tim
2: (laughs) i hate the life aquatic with steve Zizu. um it is the it is the only wes anderson film i cannot stand um and I, i don't think i don't think it's a bad movie i think that his style is very specific and in that movie it just didn't work for me whereas in his others it did um so i don't think it has anything to do with like like i get why people like it i it just did not connect with me at all um though i picked rushmore because um it was the first one i saw and it was what made me go okay this guy what, what what is happening Like this is really interesting went back and watched Bottle Rocket and then I saw Grand Budapest Hotel in the theater and then have since gone back and seen all of his movies I actually saw Moonrise Kingdom for the first time this year uh, that was the last one I had to see I loved it Um, So most of his work I really enjoy, but I think Rushmore, uh, I actually kind of like it for all of the reasons that Paul said that he didn't. I love the relationship between uh, Max and uh, Rosemary, right, the teacher, and uh, even Bill Murray coming in. Um, And his relationship with Max. I love that Max is writing these like really weird plays for just, I believe they do Soylent Green or they do, they do something like super weird as these like plays uh, for the school. I love that. Um, I just think that like, it's a really, really good performance from Jason, Jason Schwartzman. um, And I don't think that, I think the writing has never been more spot on in any of his movies uh, than it is in Rushmore. I do like the claymation stuff that he does with uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Uh, but, like, I think Rushmore is the one that, you know, like, really put him on the map. And it's the one that, like, has hit me the most. It's the one I've gone back and rewatched the most. Uh, so that's why I picked it.
0: This is not a soccer for anybody. Um, Zach Ford, come at me. I don't like Wes Anderson at all. <laughs> uh he does not make movies for Cody. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> I am not.
1: That's probably movie. true. He probably does not go into a movie. You know, no nope. nope. Cody Newberry D. really D. likes D. this I one.
0: Really like this. <laughs> nope, not at all. Uh, the only one that I actually liked was Grand Budapest, uh, and it's the only one that I've ever actually liked. Wow. And I, when I say liked, I would put it at the middle tier, anyways, because I don't find them. I don't. I just don't like him. He is too out there and goofy for me. Um, so, yeah, not a fan. Um, uh, yeah, so basically. And by the way, Malcolm and Caleb Coho have similar lists of their top 10s <laughs> on this. So I don't know how that sits with Coho, but I find it hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we're going to go to next. Uh, this is actually the one that everybody has. Nazario
1: have yeah, it's number four, right? Or, yeah,
0: so yeah. everybody has this. I'm going to start with Nazario and then move our way back. That had him lower. So go ahead, Nazario.
3: Uh, one last one thing about Wes Anderson I actually, it uh, took me a while to get around to Grand Budapest Hotel, I don't know why it's the movie he has been more acclaimed for since Royal yeah. Ten but for some reason I, I didn't get to it when it was in theaters and then I had the Blu-ray for a while and I just sat there, when I finally saw it like two weeks ago, that movie is not great
2: oh, I, I really mean, I
3: it's it. solid but he has so much better work than this well, see, why I mean,
2: I think that movie the reason like I love that movie so much is kind of the reason like you're loving uh Life Aquatic like that movie is all on uh, Ray Fiennes, and like if he, if it's not him the movie doesn't work and I think he's perfect in the movie uh Whereas the same reason why if, like, Bill Murray was not in Life Aquatic, that movie wouldn't... The,
0: the, this is enough. actually, like, my sixth circle of hell. We're talking about Wes Anderson way too freaking much. So we're going go to <laughs> we're gonna go to a good director. So okay, four. Go
3: my number four is Christopher Nolan. Um, okay. The, the movie I picked was Insomnia. Oh, great choice. ooh okay, uh,
0: so That's very a interesting. choice. It's very interesting. That each person picked a different Nolan movie, so I'm very yeah. interested to see how this goes. Nazario, you start and then we'll go down.
3: I picked Insomnia because, uh, for the same reason I picked uh, some <laughs> of the other movies, I feel, uh, in his Oeuvre is one of the, the probably least talked about. Is his second film, uh, after Man- oh, third, yeah, sorry, third film, third third film after, Man- third Man- and uh, it actually has really solid acting, it's a remake from a from a Norwegian movie, I think, from a few years earlier. And I think that Al Pacino is solid in it. I think Robin Williams, is he was—he actually always spoke about the three uh, roles that he had, that way he was supposed to be like a darker character. It was like dead to smushy, insomnia, and one hour photo that he did like back to back. And I think this is the middle one. I think that he's acting in this one is uh, very against type, but very good. I think one hour photo is slightly superior. In, in his quality acting. And overall the movie works, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery. You never really know uh, if, if Al Pacino is doing what he's doing because he wants to cover his ass or he actually had a reason to do it until the very least And at the very end of the movie. And Hilary Swank is also very solid as the as cop actually starts doubting the reasons why Al Pacino is doing what he's doing. It's a very interesting thriller. It's a smaller film, but it's really solid. And I think it's, it's worth part to be part of his filmography. Yeah,
0: okay. uh, we're going to go to Paul next, because Paul got okay. Nolan a little higher than you. So, oh, sure, uh, sure, Give us your next one, Paul. Give yeah, us I think you
1: Nolan is one of the most distinct directors, I think, out there. I think um, if you, someone would show you any scene from any of his movies, I think you could very quickly identify it as him. Um, and he's got a lot of issues, frankly. Like, he doesn't write, write women well, and some of his writing in general is just very questionable. But I think what he can achieve in terms of um, spectacle, not just visually, but I think just, like, narratively, um, it's kind of unlike almost any director that we have now. Um, his movies are all very different. And I picked Dunkirk because I think it's the movie that is like really un- like most underappreciated probably. Like obviously it got critically lauded and got a lot of Oscar nominations. But I think a lot of people point to it as sort of lesser Nolan and like, oh, it's technically impressive, but it's not emotional. Um, but I find the film incredibly emotional. I think um, what it says about sort of human courage and... Um, and cowardice also when you see the the two men um hiding on the on the bridge and not trying to get sent back out there um you just see like very raw um versions of humanity that are in different uh, mindsets and i think you see these different people in the different ways that they approach the situation um when you have you know like kenneth brana is the commanding officer and then mark ryan is his ship over i think it's just very it's gorgeous and i think it's like he plays with time in a lot of his movies and i think that's very fascinating and i think that dunkirk in a lot of ways is like sort of his least nolan-y movie but i think it's kind of why it's one of his best um i think he kind of gets away from some of the traps he falls into a lot of times i will say i, I haven't seen inception that's kind of my biggest um cinematic blind spot out there um so maybe that would be my pick if i had seen it but um i just think dunkirk is is really remarkable and um a serious achievement not just in directing but just in storytelling as a whole and i, I don't know I, like my favorite are prestige, but I think Dunkirk is pretty close.
0: I have something to say about that in a second. Um, we're gonna go to Tim, though.
2: Yeah, am I allowed to comment on that, or should I just say my choice and we'll comment? Say <laughs> so
0: your choice, and we'll talk about it.
2: All right. So my choice was Batman Begins because yeah, I'm a i am I like the comic book movies, and so um, if if you take Batman out of it, it's the prestige for me. Um, but I think Batman Begins is the strongest out of the Dark Knight trilogy. Um because I think that the dark night, like yeah, it's the dark night. Like I I could say how I feel about the third act and people will be like, You're wrong, so it's like
1: the fourth, of, act? The, the, yeah, the fourth
2: there act? There you go. Right, right, there you go. Um I just yeah Heath Ledger's great in the movie but it's not it doesn't feel like a Batman movie to me it's a Joker movie I still love it don't get me wrong but um Batman Begins is like through and through Bruce Wayne's story and I like seeing this origin and I think that Liam Neeson is really strong um and coming off of movies like Memento and Insomnia seeing how he can do those like smaller stories but like Paul was saying playing with time doing interesting things in those movies um that he can come up and do this huge uh, summer blockbuster reinvigorate this franchise that so many people love after it was down in the pooper. Thanks to Joel Schumacher. Um, It's really, really impressive. And not only just make a fun summer movie, but also make like a movie where you care about the characters, even though they're in costumes and running around the place. So um, that's my favorite Nolan movie. But again, I pretty much love all of his movies save for one and uh well two i guess if you include following so uh yeah
0: okay so i will touch on it nolan is great there's no question about it uh can't stand dunkirk no offense just can't stand it i think it's a beautiful film i really do um uh but i do not emotionally connect with many of the characters i think uh, and i don't know if that's the point of the story but that's kind of what i go in for a movie uh to try to connect at some point and i just never could I find it very boring. Um, but that's just my take on it. I know that I'm in the vast. vast... Uh,
1: not really. Not in this community, you're not. Let yeah, me tell you that. Actually, not in yeah. this community, you
0: More people will talk about it more. I just have. I watched it twice. It wasn't for me. Um, <clears throat> Insomnia, I think it's an interesting choice. I don't know if it's the best. Um, uh, I think it's good, but I don't think it's great. Uh, Batman Begins is my favorite comic book movie, so like I, I kind of lean towards that um, just because I, I love how they set all that up and the story uh, that's built throughout it. Um, I like The Prestige a lot, so I probably would put that as his top because I think it's very an interesting uh, choice. But I have no problem. With, I think Nolan uh, arguably is one of the best working directors today. Uh, he is one that everybody will try to run out and... Uh, see the next novel movie regardless what the concept is um, so I think that's cool um, just real quick, not a lot of time spent on it but Paul, Tim, uh, Nazario Al, you guys picked different movies, is there any issues that you have with the other people's choices and stuff like that?
1: Tim can go first he had, a, he had a thought about uh, Dunkirk here
2: <laughs> well I just I like Cody, I saw Dunkirk in the theater I saw it in 70mm, it was awesome in the theater, loved it um, and then I bought it on Blu-ray, 4K, watched it, um, and again thought it was brilliantly shot, directed, um, acted, and everything. It just doesn't—it doesn't connect with me. So I think it's a fun movie to look at, a great movie to look at, but I, it didn't have that emotional connection to me like it did to you. Um, Same thing kind of goes with Insomnia. I think it's a great movie. Um, I've only seen it once, but I really, really enjoyed it. But when it comes to Nolan, I don't really, at this point, go for the emotional connectivity. I go for the big spectacle. Um, And even with a movie like Interstellar, which a lot of people don't like, I really like that movie. Um, I think that movie is visually, like, one of the best-looking movies ever made. And I think it's actually probably the one I connect to the most visual or, like, uh, most emotionally anything involving like a father and child story is gonna like pull me in like that automatically gets me there um but all of his movies are pretty great like there's there's not a bad pick unless you really really hate dunkirk like cody <laughs> yeah
0: you're not well okay um,
1: and Nazario or paul the
3: uh, i don't think any of the picks are actually bad Uh, I have no reference on Paul's uh, number 8 pick for Afterlife because I haven't seen the movie or the work from the director. Uh, The one I would say uh, is kind of iffy for me is Tim's number 10, which is Peter Jackson, for the reasons he himself listed, because, I mean, uh, he has been pretty uh, on and off uh, with most of his movies because the Hobbit trilogy is just weird. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, I misunderstand, sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Talking about
3: He's Nolan. just uh, here to bash me.
0: <laughs> like, if, you can, if you want to second. But I need, I need <laughs> <even>
3: <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I mean uh, all the movies that they pick. Yeah, Batman is my favorite of the trilogy. Uh, I I can understand why people would like Dark Knight better, uh, but I think that Batman Begins is the most complete Batman story that it has been put on screen. So it's it's a great pick. And uh, what was oh the. Don't yeah, don't. The thing is, yeah, I, I don't feel that... Yeah, like you said, I saw it. It was a great spectacle of a movie. It had uh, a lot of technical prowess, but I, I didn't connect because the characters are not developed in a way that is easy for you to connect to them. They're basically there to tell a very specific uh, story that span a very short amount of time so you don't really get to like invest, in my opinion. But I don't think it's, it's lower tier Nolan either. I actually think that... Uh, it's actually a, a very decent, very good movie that actually goes to more of his strengths as a director instead of trying to to go to the, the parts he's more weak at. So as an as a movie, as a concept of a story told in a very specific way, I think actually Don't don't is a really good movie. It's, I wouldn't put it even in the lower half. Okay. And Paul,
0: real
3: quick. Yeah. Um, I just don't really like
1: Insomnia that much. I think it's a pretty middling potboiler. Um, it's a you know, pretty interesting story, but I think that there's nothing really particularly great about the way it's told or any of the characters I don't think are um, incredibly interesting. Um, Batman Begins I like quite a bit, but I think it's just hampered by um, sort of the conventions of comic book, comic book storytelling and sort of the Batman of it all that it has to kind of check these certain boxes. And I think some of that stuff takes um, away from what it can, like had potential for as a narrative. And again, yeah, I I get not connecting with Dunkirk. I think that having these people represent pieces of the puzzle rather than them being big factors is what makes it meaningful for me. I think that sort of the futility of them um, all trying to band together with this kind of British stiff upper lip heroism is what makes it connect for me. Um, And I think that like editing and the way it's thrown around is like kind of what helps it achieve that. But yeah, I mean, Insomnia is like fine. It's not a bad movie. Um, I just don't think it plays a lot of Nolan's strengths. It's pretty contained and. I think almost anyone could have made that movie. Where I think only Nolan could have made something like Dunkirk. But I think you know they're not bad choices. It's just not the choices that I made, obviously.
0: All right, so we're going to number uh, we're going to number threes now. So Paul's going to start it off with number three. Uh,
1: my number three is I'm not a director who's made a lot of films, um, but they are all I think incredible. My number three is Barry Jenkins. Uh, the film? No, anybody? Nope. No, not no even Barry on the list Jenkins. at okay. all. Okay. Okay, uh, the movie I chose is uh, his, fir- his first feature film, Medicine for Melancholy, which is from 2008, uh, which is shot in black and white. Um, it's about two people who have a one-night stand and then eventually start to sort of develop romantic feelings for each other. Um, and I think it plays to his greatest strengths as a director, which is displaying kind of people and their passions and how they fall in love and what love means to different people. I think that's a serious running through line through all his movies. Moonlight's probably his best movie. I think it's probably one of the best movies made in this the you know, last 20 or so years. But I think medicine is severely underseen. I think a lot of people think that Moonlight's his first movie, which is kind of sad to me, because um, I think medicine is such an incredible character piece about two people um, trying to figure out who they are and seeing whether their identities make them incompatible with each other or whether they can sort of let kind of love reign at the end of the day. And I mean, Bill Street's incredible, but I think medicine is um, one that I ho- wish more people would have seen, and is I think just a masterclass in storytelling across all sort of different levels. So I don't know. I think Barry Jenkins has made three movies. They're basically all near perfect. Um, so yeah, I think he's again one of the best directors out there. Go you're muted. So you're talking.
0: Oh, thanks. Terrible at my own show. Um, I think uh, I think was a uh, interesting thing you brought up that. People would think Moonlight this is his first, and that's probably true. Um, I saw Moonlight, and I didn't, uh, I didn't hear of the director before, really. Um, and I watched the trailer for this one, and it made me want to go see it because I think Moonlight is an amazing movie, a um, one that I had zero expectations going into at all because I didn't know much about it. But I was just trying to see, you know, the best picture nominees before uh, the Oscars, and this one popped up, and I thought it was. Amazing, uh, way better than Law I will give you that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but Barry Jenkins, yeah, great. Uh, I think great director. I'm excited for whatever he puts out next. I think he is. I think he's uh, a phenomenal director. Um,
1: it's by the way, cra- crazy anecdote. He wrote Beale Street and Moonlight screenplays within like a week of each other while on like vacation in Europe. He just wrote them in like a one and a half month span. So that's just great. I, that's.
0: <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. Their know,
1: adaptations, right. granted, it's not original, but like. But still.
0: Crazy. He yeah. put it up. Put it down. Uh, number three, Tim, Go.
1: You don't want us to comment on that.
0: Oh, you can if you like. Bear I down. was just, I was just
2: gonna say that um, the first time I saw Moonlight, I thought it was fine, but when I revisited it after it won the Oscar, I thought it was amazing. Um, it's not like my favorite thing in the world because it's it's tough to watch. But it's masterful. I think Beale Street, if Beale Street could talk, is his best movie, though. Um, I think Beale Street's phenomenal. I love that movie. It was in my top 10 last year. It's fantastic. It was snubbed of all of the awards last year. Um, but my number three, unless
3: Nazario wants to comment on three Real quick. I am actually one of those people that actually thought Moonlight was his first film. Uh, that's yeah, how. I mean, it's understandable. That's how, that's how limited access we get in in this country, honestly. And yeah, and actually one of the reasons I didn't put Barry Jenkins is because I thought he only made two movies. Even though I love both, I just finally saw Bill Street because it came to Hulu like a month ago. So I finally got to watch it, which is actually a very lovely film. Right. I think uh, Moonlight is stronger overall, but I think Bill Street is really, really like a lovely, beautiful film. And I just figured uh, he needed to do some, some more work before I could tell him one of the best working directors. Because he didn't have a big enough pool for me to see.
0: Fair enough.
2: Um, go to number three. All right, my number three is a bit of a cheat. Um, I hope, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to be the only person with this. On oh, the list I think I know what point. this
1: is. I think I know. Uh,
2: it is a bit of a cheat. I picked Francis Ford Coppola. Um, I don't
1: think it's that much of a cheat, honestly. Yeah, he made a movie, he had, same he year a, as yeah. Miyazaki.
2: Yeah, he had a movie in 2011, and he has one on his IMDb coming up. Um, so I picked The Godfather. Um, I originally had it at number two, but I lowered it down because I realized I was cheating a little bit. But um, the the thing about Coppola is I haven't seen a ton of his work, but the ones I have seen, except for Godfather part three, uh, the ones I have seen are perfect films in my opinion. Um, I think part one and part two for Godfather perfect apocalypse now. Perfect. Um, and so I just rewatched Godfather part one and two in the theater this year. And that was an incredible experience because I had only seen them on Blu-ray. Um, so to see them in the theater, I was telling Cody last night that, um, it completely changed my perspective on those movies. Um, and I guess before that I hadn't seen them in about three or four years and I always considered them good movies, but I considered them like, you know, just kind of like talkies. There's not a lot of exciting stuff. They're just kind of, you know, it's whatever. And then I saw it in the theater and it completely changed my perspective. I think the Godfather um, from beginning to end is so engaging, which is incredibly hard to do for a three hour movie. Um, And then even Godfather part two is just, they're incredibly, well directed incredibly well acted um he knows exactly what to do with every character and every piece of the puzzle and to tell a story that goes from over the course of so many years and shove it into a three-hour movie and make it digestible and understandable for a mainstream audience is insane and the fact that both movies won best picture is just like insane insanity Um, so that's why i picked the godfather
0: fair. Uh, we're running a little short on time, so uh, quick on Francis Ford Coppola, Nazario, and Paul.
3: Have you seen Jack? No. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Fingers. Or
1: Peggy, when, or Peggy yeah. Suga. Uh, Neither no. of those uh necessary.
0: I think you should have picked Jack on the list. Okay. Um, but anyways, we'll go to uh, Nazario's thing.
3: Uh, my number three, I guess, is a little predictable. Uh, if you know me, if you know things I kind of like. So I'm going with in Quentin Tarantino. Ah, uh,
0: higher. Okay, all right. So the movie go- I
3: picked was Jackie
1: Brown. Bro. Okay, uh, we'll right. go to
0: Paul's <laughs> number
1: two. Uh, so my number two is uh, yikes from earlier, um, and that's Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. I have that. Yeah. Okay. oh Okay. Sorry. Uh, the just for the record, the film is Inherent Vice. So, yeah. Okay.
2: Mm. Uh so my number two is Quentin Tarantino. Okay. And what did you pick? Uh, I picked Inglorious Baskets. All right. Let's hear about um, Yeah, so I think that there's only one Tarantino movie I don't like, and that's uh oh um, guess. Jackie what? Brown. No, it's not Jackie Brown. No. Um, it is uh, I can't even think of the name of it right now, that's much like grind the Grindhouse one. Um, death, proof. death Proof thank you Jesus um, I've seen it once didn't like it I've never gone back to revisit it um, Jackie Brown I've seen twice and it is, it is one that I don't go back to a lot I think it's fine I'm not a huge fan of it but um, everything else he's made I think is near perfection um, again was telling Cody last night that I think that everybody goes to Pulp Fiction right away um, it was a little too hyped for me by the time I saw it um, it wasn't the first Tarantino movie I saw. And so um, it's never really lived up to that hype for me, but it's still a great film. But I much prefer the later stuff like um, Inglorious Bastards, Django, and even Hateful Eight, I really, really like. Um, and I think just like his dialogue is unlike anything else. And I just love being in his worlds. Um, everything from Kill Bill to Inglorious Bastards. I think Inglorious Bastards, the reason I like it so much is the characters specifically in that movie. I think that um Brad Pitt, Daniel Bruhl, um my boy who won the Oscar, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now. Christoph Waltz. Uh, thank you, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um but it's a there's a there's a reason like he won the Oscar and there's a reason Tarantino uh has won screenplay so many times. It's be- or twice, I believe. It's because right. it's dialogue. <laughs> but but I mean that's more than a lot of other people. So it's yeah. like He's, his his dialogue is so good, and just that opening scene of Inglourious Bastards alone with Christoph Waltz sitting at the table, just having a conversation um, alone from the dialogue builds tension, and uh, it's just fascinating work. And there's no other director – out. well, there's one other director out there, but this is uh, – he constantly makes movies that are long as shit, but keep me engaged the entire runtime. There's not a – even the one <laughs> – um, even Jackie Brown which I think is fine I'm engaged for the whole two and a half to three hours so um, yeah Quentin Tarantino is the best uh,
0: Jackie Brown go ahead Nazario
3: I think uh, I don't remember who, whose quote he said but mo- good movies are never as, as long as they should be and I think this applies to Ebert, like, it's, it's Ebert yeah. and then no, no bad movie is, is short enough, enough. The, the thing is that I, I have never felt bored with a Tarantino film. I love every single one of them, even Death Proof, which most people uh, seem to be the one they say is not good enough. Uh, I think the fact that it was joined with Planet Terror, which I I kind of makes you see what that Robert Rodriguez was kind of spoofing bad movies from the 70s and Tarantino just made a movie that felt from the 70s. And the, the shocking of the, of the styles didn't really pay off for people. Uh, I picked Jackie Brown because uh, for the same reason I mentioned the other movies, I think uh, it gets a little overlooked uh, in his Ubra. I don't think anybody needs me to tell them to go watch Kill Bill, and Glorious Bastards, Django, and Chain uh, Ball, Fiction, or Reservoir Dogs. But a lot of people haven't seen Jackie Brown, uh, adapted from Run Punch, which actually is a very, very interesting heist movie. is is a heist movie in a way you didn't really expect it to be, because it stars older people. I don't think uh, any of the of the main characters is is uh, below 40, and it actually gives people room to act and, and delve into this web of intrigue that is very interesting on a smaller scale, and it's never boring. It keeps you engaged. It's, it's like uh, like Tim said, but people, they keep talking and talking. Or they, they can, if you have an engaging conversation, you could be talking about paint, but if you make it work, then you make it work. And I think uh, this movie, people were expecting more of a Pulp Fiction kind of thing uh, because of the the two movies he made first, and he kind of changed speed on people. We took them by surprise, but if you like Tarantino and you haven't seen this one, you should go back and rewatch it, because Jackie Brown is a, is a jump. It's a solid film. Um, real
0: quick, Paul, Tarantino. Uh, didn't make your list.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, Tarantino's got one really perfect, great movie, and that's Reservoir Dogs. I think it's the least indulgent Tarantino movie. I think after that, um, he kind of gets in his own head a little too much for me, um, and it just feels like he's trying to put himself into every character, and I feel like the characters all have the same voice, and that kind of bothers me and takes me out of the story a lot of times, um, so none of his movies are necessarily bad, but I just think that there's sort of a certain level that they don't um, cross beyond for me just because it all feels like they're they're the same people having the same kinds of conversations, and maybe just because it's not novel anymore, like I didn't see his movies when they first came out, so it's kind of tough for me to really judge, but for me, Reservoir Dogs is a masterpiece, and I love True Romance, which obviously he didn't direct, but um, beyond that stuff, I think his movies are just kind of really good for me um and yeah none of them really speak to me on that sort of high level which is kind of yeah just not the director for me like i've seen his movies they're good but i don't
0: know I find something it missing whole, i find it hilarious that we mentioned tarantino and sean sandberg pops up in the chat that's funny to me um you are literally just uh, predictable all right so we're gonna to go to number one uh Paul- well i have my
3: two i haven't said my two, no, you're two. You're sorry you're two uh, for my two, I pick a director that um, I don't know. No, I don't expect many people to to agree with my opinion, but it's a director that Here I is. have seen most of. If it's not all of his work, but most of his work and everything I've seen is interesting. I pick Lars von Trier. Oh <laughs> wow, that is not where I thought this was going. Me either. Oh. Wow. So no, wow, and he's the- not on the
1: list. That's crazy.
3: And the movie I picked is uh, Dancer in the Dark. Oh, uh, a little biased yeah. here because Bjork, Bjork is my favorite singer. Uh, Bjork and Radiohead are my two favorite musical artists. And the, the way that they work, uh, they, she made her work with him in this film. Even if they, she decided she never wanted to act again in her life. Uh, I think that the end result was worth it. Uh, Lars von Trier is probably a jackass, uh, everybody who works with him he says a, a bunch of bad things about him, but I don't think you can, uh, you, you have to separate a little bit of the person from the art, and I think his movies are real, real solid. Breaking the Waves is one of the, my favorite movies of all time, Dogville is really interesting, uh, Manderley is really good, uh, the Infomaniac ones are a little, a little too von trier but they're not bad. And the House Jack build that just came out last year, it, it's insane, but it's great. But I picked Dancer in the Dark because it's basically a deconstruction of a musical. Because they start from the base that musicals have to be big, showy, and fun, and happy. And it picks the saddest fucking story you've ever seen with the saddest freaking twist you'll ever see and make a musical out of it. If you, know, if you hate musicals, you would probably like this film. It's... Insane the way it just twists everything, and it it just flips on its head and makes it work in an interesting way. So yeah, or for two with dancer in Dark. uh
0: have Haven't seen it. Uh, I when well, I had to look it up when you brought it up, so that's fair. um Paul uh, and Tim, any quick quick thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, quickly, I've only seen Nymphomaniac 1 and 2. Uh, so that is my pool of from Lars von Trier. Didn't like them. Um, thought they were interesting, but overall didn't like them. And I've never had any interest in going back. Respect the choice. I just, it's not for me.
1: Yeah, a kind of little funny story for me. I woke up at like 8 o'clock in the morning, like uh, when I was moving out of LA for my temporary apartment there to go see House of Jack built Director's Cut at like 9 a.m., um just so i could see it in the theater and also so i could see the director's cut so i'm actually like a pretty big fan um dance from the dark and melancholy are probably the two most depressing movies i've ever seen in my entire life um, and after i watch them i feel like i have to sort of um crawl into a ball for a week um, but i think he's a pretty incredible filmmaker i think some of his movies are a little too self-indulgent um, i don't really like antichrist um and some of his other work is i think just too again too like von Drury's trying too hard for that that um, that style that he goes for. But I think, I mean, Dogville is incredible. Um, and yeah, Dance from the Dark and Breaking the Waves are amazing too. I just There's something where it's just hard for me to put a director on that I feel like, I don't feel excited to see his movies, even though they're all like pretty incredible and very powerful. Um, but yeah, just not quite the one for me. I guess.
0: Fair enough. Um, Paul, give us your number one, which I'm surprised that no one else had on their list. Um, Whoa, I
1: honestly thought this was going to be potentially tim's number one um my number one is a director who i think has had a movie in my top five uh three years in a row on uh, the last three times he's made movies uh it's Denis Villeneuve. um the movie that i picked is sicario um to so nobody all right nobody um uh, sicario is uh, probably my favorite um of his movies um yeah, even though I love Arrival, love Blade Runner 2049. Actually, I haven't seen Prisoners. Um, love Enemy. Um, oh. And some these is really good, too. But for me, like Sicario has kind of become under, underappreciated, partially because the sequel, I think, was a little botched. So I think it's a little um, viewed in a different light now. But I think it was so powerful at the time where it tackled the idea of um, the way that America approaches the cartels. I think, like, thematically, it's very dense in that way. I think the scene at the border is one of the best scenes I've seen in the last five or so years. Um, I think it's so tense and so thrilling. Um, And I love Benicio del Toro and Josh Brolin. You know, Josh Brolin you know, walking around with flip-flops in the FBI office is just, like, pure Josh Brolin. But, um, again, I think all of his movies just bring something so unique and so different to the table. But he allows his actors to kind of play within the character and sort sort of branch out past what you might think of their characters as being... And I think he's just an incredible, incredible director. Every movie he's he's made, I'm so excited to see it. He's probably the director who, if all these people had movies coming out, I'd probably go to see his first. Um, and I think Dune's gonna be amazing, um, hopefully at least. And uh, yeah. nah, just I think every pretty much everything he's made is a masterpiece. So Captain yeah, Evil new. Um.
0: Yeah. So I'm really surprised by this. Um. I think he is arguably one of the best, uh, probably the best director working today. Even though I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Arrival um as much wow. as most people. It just didn't it didn't click with me as much. I felt like though I I didn't like I didn't like how it ended. Uh personally, that was my only takeaway. I thought everything leading up to that was really good. Um but I think Sicario, uh Blade Run twenty forty nine, uh Prisoner's Enemy, I think those are insane. Uh he's kind of the person that I trust to do pretty much any even though I wasn't a fan of a rival I can still give him full credit. Just because it didn't connect with me, it's not like I'm saying it's a bad movie. It's just, I wasn't a fan. Uh, But I will 100% agree with you. Sicario, uh, that scene at the border is insane. Um, Closest thing I've ever had to almost a panic attack in the theater because it literally, that's what it makes you feel. Um, So I thought it was beautiful um, from start to finish. Uh, Just real quick, let's not go into a huge, because we're way over on time at this point, but uh, Nazario, Tim... Real quick,
2: real quick, real um, quick, that is a huge mistake on my part. And if I could redo this list, he'd be number two. I don't know why he didn't even pop in my brain. Um, somebody in the chat brought him up, and I went fuck, and immediately added <laughs> it to my honorable mentions. Like you said, uh, you haven't seen Prisoners; it's perfect. Um, it was his first movie that I saw, and then Arrival, Enemy. Blade Runner um they're all great I haven't seen Incendies yet that I hear that movie's fantastic it's on Netflix I'm gonna watch it it's soon. really sad uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good. yeah but um the movies I have seen of him his I've literally given all five out of fives to. so I don't know why he escaped my brain but he did if I could redo this he'd be my number two um I love his movies so yeah
3: Okay. I have Denis Villeneuve at 11 right there, sitting next to Zodiac at number 12. I actually took uh, Denis Villeneuve out today because I wanted to put Pedro Almodovar as number 10 uh, and tell people to Actually, something I forgot to say, that is he's had a, a new movie coming out called Passion and Glory, and it starts here today. with With Banderas, and but, it's got,
1: it won Best Actor at Cannes, yeah. Yeah,
3: I don't know when it opens in the United States, but it's opening this week here, so it's pretty amazing but yeah the new even really do it's um so it's it's an incredible direction
0: yes uh so tim's next one i don't know if he was just trying to win your list sucks but he did a damn good job of it um uh i can't wait to see paul's reaction to this um give us another one
2: does okay. paul not like this director no, it's oh, Not that I
0: don't think he likes it. I just think it's going to be an interesting choice from him. And, okay, uh, so
2: my number, my number one is Martin Scorsese, The Departed. Um, Martin Scorsese is the reason I fell in love with film. Um, I pretty much enjoy every single movie I've ever seen of his, except for like Boxcar Bertha and New York, New York. Whoa,
1: whoa, the New York, New York slander. Take it easy.
2: I mean, I don't like that movie very much, but everything else I've seen of his, I either like or absolutely fucking love. Um, and I don't know what people, how people feel about The Wolf of Wall Street, but that—that that is, I love that movie to pieces. That's the movie that made me fall in love with movies. Um, but then I went back and saw The Departed, and again was completely moved and uh, changed. I think uh, that was when I started to fall head over heels in love with. Scorsese, anything he's ever directed. We want to talk about directors who have tried pretty much everything. Um, He's done intense, hardcore dramas. He's done gangster movies, which are like crime gangsters, like my favorite genre. He's done dark comedies. He's done uh, romantic, uh, like not rom-coms, but he's done romance films. Um, He's done biblical epics. He's done everything, and he's amazing at everything. Um, I think he... Uh, I just I just love his worlds and his characters and even a movie as like, um, I don't know, uh, like Last Temptation of Christ. I think it's a pretty average movie, but it's elevated by his direction and uh, by. What? 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 Uh, I I love I love Scorsese. He's the best. He's my favorite director. I will rush out to see everything, even his newest movie, Silence, I think is perfect. Um, I love him. Yes, Scorsese.
0: Yeah. Uh, I there's enough videos out there saying how much I love the departed. Um, I think it's an amazing movie. Um, uh, yeah, it be it's my favorite Scorsese. Every time I say that, Chance Ellis goes what? What? What well, because because Leo it, it No one Is that
1: what he pretends to have seen Infernal Affairs and says it's better, even though he probably hasn't oh, seen it? That's oh, probably oh, accurate, yeah. Oh, oh. Not on that
0: one. Okay, we're good. Um <laughs> He's too big to watch this anyway, so we're fine with that. Um, we're going to go to uh, Paul and Nazario uh, uh, Scorsese, just real quick. Real, uh, yeah, just
1: real quick. quick thing. I don't think Last Temptation is average. I think that's one of his best movies. I think it's such an interesting exploration of faith. Well, yeah, um, when I think say, when I say average, I
2: just, I just mean, like, I love all of his movies. It's one of the ones I don't go revisit
1: enough. That's fair. It's probably one of my favorites. Um, After Hours is my favorite Scorsese movie. I think that's what I have kind of love about his style the most again don't really like goodfellas it's the it's just a thing i don't really like goodfellas that much and i haven't seen wolf of wall street so what are you gonna do um but um i I actually love the departed uh which is kind of probably surprising coming for me but i think i found it endlessly quotable and i love silence but i just it's tough he he was pretty close to making my list um some of his recent efforts have just not hit as much for me and not a crazy big fan of hugo i don't like shutter island really um And it's just, it, I don't know, it's just one of those... It was really close, and I love a lot of his movies. Um, I actually don't think he's as diverse of a filmmaker, as you say. A lot of his movies tend to be thematically similar and stylistically similar, even though they're in, technically in different genres. I think he approaches filmmaking pretty similarly a lot of times, but um, he's a great director. And um, I think if this was at a different era, maybe I would have put him on the list. But, um, yeah, just not not quite there for me, uh, even though I, yeah, I love Departed and Aviator's great and love Silence, but just... Some of his stuff is kind of up and down he's had a long career and some misses i think but yeah it's close but it's not quite for me losario real quick
3: i actually i'm um, hurt that he said that the last sensation of christ was average that is my favorite no, man. Film. and that's why i yell what I, I think it's a little delayed in the feed but come on and uh, come on paul hugo is also excellent it's one of my favorites especially as it comes to it. it's probably in my top five and I, I guess the same reason that uh, Paul said is not in his list. Uh, I think it's probably like a, a, an era thing. He was a, a very strong filmmaker, I feel, in the 70s, 90s, and 80s. And and he also kept going with solid, good movies in the 2000s. But I don't think his best work has come in the in the later part. So that's why he didn't make me list. But it's a good choice.
0: OK. So now it's going to go Rosario. I'm just going to get my cards on the table. I am not a fan of this director. Um, there is one movie that I actually really, really, really enjoy, and somebody did pick it. But other than that, blah. I'm sorry. Uh, I get it. Uh, but, uh, okay, give us give us this PTA, just circle jerk. Here we go. Go ahead. All right, let's Tell do it. Tell how good he is.
3: Paul Thomas so, right, Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson is the best director working right now. I mean, it's, uh, it was the first thing I wrote on my list, and it never moved from number one. He has made, uh, I think it's my number three favorite movie of all time, which actually I didn't put in this list, but thanks, Tim, for putting it, because it's Magnolia. It's my number three in my top 100. And I decided to go instead with, in this list with Questron Love, which is actually kind of a, one of his two movies that I think are a little more off-brand, and Paul picked the other one. Uh, because it shows that he doesn't have to be uh, boxing the style of the extended, uh, extended fantasy movie. He can uh, actually make a 90-minute movie that feels complete and satisfying. And it also shows that uh, Adam Sandler can actually fucking act because he carries this movie uh, with great supporting work by Emily Watson, which is one of my favorite actresses, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, Rest in Peace, which is also turns out great in this film. The movie itself is a very quirky insane romantic comedy about a guy who represses a lot of anger and what happens when he actually decides to step out of his repression and let it let it go out in the name of love. It's a way better film about this than anger management that also Adam, as Adam Sandler did because that movie is just not fun. And this is just a, a beautiful little comedy that if people have uh, missed it or haven't chosen not to watch it, you should definitely go back and see.
0: Um, yeah. Who had him next hire? Um... I think Paul probably. Uh,
2: I Paul, had, where'd you? Yeah, I had him at... Um, I had him at... He was my two. He was my
1: yeah, two. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, um, I had him lost. For me, I think he might be a... a- maybe arguably even a better director than Denis. I think Denis' films might just hit me a little harder, but um, I picked Inherent Place. I actually watched this today um, just to sort of reaffirm the fact that this was my choice. And I think it's um, his most underrated film in a lot of ways. Um, it's the first ever adaptation of a Thomas Pynchon novel, um, who is a notoriously hard-to-adapt author, and his ideas are very hard to manifest. But I think PTA somehow nails this feeling of sort of, like aimlessness and the way that doc sportello played by walking phoenix sort of ebbs in and out of different people's lives out of different areas of los angeles again this which is a place he loves to explore it is incredible um i think it's super funny i think his most underrated aspect is all his movies are hilarious and a lot of them don't get credit for that um phantom threat i thought was also hilarious but um in a slightly more dark way but i think that he is a he is able to express really complicated and Kind of ununderstandable ideas in ways that are very cinematic and satisfying and interesting and his characters are always just incredibly memorable um again i, I don't think he's ever made a bad film i think all his movies are at least D plus a minus um punch might be even my favorite actually the scene where he kicks the glass door this makes me die laughing every single time when they're at dinner uh, but again inherent vice is sort of his most difficult to make movie and i think that's what makes it most impressive um he takes these crazy ideas and sort of bottles them into one um, Super memorable, um, great film that I think becomes a lot better the more you watch it and the more you can understand what's going on. It's tough to unpack, but I think once you do, it's really satisfying. There's a lot there um, to sort of chew on, which is why that was my pick, even though it's maybe not my favorite or even top two or three um, of his movies. But I just think he's a masterful director who just makes incredible movie after incredible movie. Um, again, great first name. Paul
0: picked the movie that I, I, I enjoy. The rest, um, not so much. Uh, uh tim go ahead
2: tell me about the uh, funny <laughs> funny enough um punch drunk love is probably also my favorite um but magnolia is the last one i had to see um i watched his movies in a very weird order it was kind of all over the place um and the only one i haven't seen is hard eight i don't know if it's worth watching it's good. um it's but, really good. Yeah. yeah so um The reason i picked magnolia is because it is the most recent one i saw and i actually got a chance to see it in the theater and so that's why i went to go and see it um and i didn't know like the twist or like i didn't know about the frogs and i don't want to give it away if somebody in the chat hasn't seen it but when that happened and the whole movie kind of came together it became something so much more than i it thought it was. And it made me re-examine the entire movie to the point where I went home and watched it again, like the next day, like absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. Um, again, it's probably not my favorite. I think it was just, I was so surprised that a director who I had seen, like most of his other movies had loved, could still like, I could see something else from him that I just loved. Surprise you. Yeah. It didn't surprise me. And like, I thought phantom thread was good. I didn't love it, but I thought it was good. I, it, it's pretty much bolstered by the performances. Um, and, but Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drunk Love, The Master, There Will Be Blood, like they're all so, so well done. Um, the Master was also the other one I was kind of flirting with because I think Joaquin is just on a whole nother fucking level in that movie. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's very, I, I think he's a divisive director because I think there's, you either love him or you hate him. Um, I think more people love him than hate him, but uh, like Cody or my wife. Um, but well, my wife's first PTA movie was Phantom Threat, so that was that was rough. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, I love Magnolia. I love both of your choices too. And Hair, Vice is wacky and fun, and Punch Drunk Love is, is great. So
0: yeah. Well, oh, P- Paul picked definitely three talkers on this episode. We are way over on time. You guys <laughs> get two. You get two. Uh, honorable mentions: A Piece. No more, no less. Pick them and go. I'm going to go with Paul first.
1: Today um, so yeah, I'm going to pick two sort of under-the-radar ones. Uh, the closest one to my list is a female director named Kelly Reichardt, um, who does a lot of independent films, often with Michelle Williams. Uh, the film I would have picked is Old Joy, um, but she makes incredibly personal and quiet movies that I think are different than anything that I've seen lately. Um, the other one is another anime director uh, named Mamoru Hosoda, directed mirai last year which is nominated for best animated feature i actually met him in person he's an incredibly sweet and charming individual but all his movies again just ooze this human beautiful um serene quality that i think anime is so, so good at capturing and i think he's just an incredibly humanistic um and amazing director that just barely missed the list
0: um nazario go well you've actually mentioned yours but go ahead
3: i um, want to skip I, I want to skip a bunch of the ones already mentioned to try to put something different in the table. I'm going to go with Steven Soderbergh, which is another filmmaker that I think has been solid from beginning to end. And I'm going to go with one that is a little off kilter, a little insane. But because, I mean, you just have to forget about The Lone Ranger and the Pirates of the Caribbean. Because oh. if you see the rest of the movie of Gore he has made some very interesting films.
2: Cure for Wellness is an... Uh, I like that movie a lot.
3: Fearful Wellness, The Weatherman, and even Rango. Rango is
1: incredible. Incredible.
3: And his adaptation of The Ring is actually pretty solid, too. If you see his work, other than the most popular work, he actually has so- a solid respect. The first Pirates is awesome,
2: but
0: yeah. yeah. Yes. And
2: um, Real quick, I mean, I already said Denis Villeneuve. If I took that away, um, I'm sorry. I have to say it. The, the Russo brothers—they've never made it. Like oh, big
1: of, Yumi they, and Dupree guy. Big uh, Yumi no, they're
2: comic book movies. I like. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, I love them. I, I would never put them in the official list, but if we're talking about runner-ups, that's close. Um, and then the other one would be—I I think a weird choice for me—but uh, Terrence Malick. I really like Terrence Malick, and I like a lot of his movies. Um, just the most recent stuff is wacky and out there like um i really like night of cups but i did Ooh, not, i, did, I was not i wrong. did not like song to song no, at opposite. All. Opposite. um i see there you go and that's just to show about his uh, work but i would put badlands as the movie i think badlands is his first film and it's epic and um days of heaven new world um all of his movies tree of life everything love it love it
0: okay so um now we're going to give you your personal top ten list, guys. Normally I grade each person's list, but there was a lot that I haven't seen at times, so we're going to skip that. But uh, number ten is Coppola. Number nine is Barry Jenkins. Number eight is Las... Uh, how do you say it? Las um, Seven is Scorsese. Uh, six Six is Villeneuve. What a weird list. Five is David Fincher. Four is Bla- Wes Anderson. Number Ooh. three is Quentin Tarantino. Number two is Nolan, and number one is Paul Thomas Anderson. So, Interesting. That That's a list. weird fucking.
2: list. Oh,
1: Wes Anderson that, above all those guys hurts. That is hurt. That, that is a
0: that uh, is a D minus list at best. Uh, congratulations, guys! <sighs> Indeed, complete list of your list sucks. I appreciate everybody for being on tonight. Um, this actually has uh, sparked some other ones that will come out later. Uh, Actors, and I want to do composers. I think those will be interesting topics. They will be up later on. Not really going to determine when, but those are – I like this concept of uh, a show. So, again, thanks for uh, being on, Paul, Nazario, Brook – that's really (laughs) insulting. Uh, Tim Bercala. Yikes. uh, We'll be back next week with uh, Disney songs with Kane, Caleb, and Brooklyn uh, for Kane's last episode. You mean Tim? Uh shut your mouth. Okay, uh have a great time and uh, see you next week.